seconds left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 45 of the Eye of the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and a year ago today, Sajons played DePaul at Madison Square Garden to open the Big East Tournament. Yesterday, Sajons played Butler to open the Big East Tournament. They got the job done in both of those games. Sajons getting the win over Butler by 13 points yesterday afternoon. Today, Sajons found themselves in a noon tip-off against the Marquette Golden Eagles, the third time these two would play this season the second time in a few days i bring that up because there was a lot of deja vu in the air at madison square garden this afternoon say johns with a 14 point lead against marquette similar to that 17 point lead they had last year in the second round game against villanova at madison square garden where st john's would lose in heartbreaking fashion and on thursday afternoon St. John's would see that 14-point lead go by the wayside. They would actually need five extra minutes and go into overtime to decide a winner where St. John's ultimately fell 72-70 to to the Golden Eagles as the Golden Eagles will go on to face the Yukon Huskies for a chance to go to the Big East Tournament Final. It was another sad train ride home for Johnny fans as they leave a Thursday at Madison Square Garden with a loss. Say John's has not seen a Friday night in Madison Square Garden in the Big East Tournament since 2000 when they did win it all. Thanks to Bootsy Thornton and LeVar Postel, Mike Jarvis's club was the last one to win it all and was the last one to get us to Friday night. But man, that's a long time ago. 2000 was 23 years ago. I was 12 years old back then. It's been a long time since St. John's has put some wins together in the Big East tournament as the pain continues and the Johnnies will fail to see Friday night in the Big East tournament for the 23rd straight year. Going into their third matchup against Marquette, St. John's would have their hands full. Marquette averaging 81 points per game this year, shooting just under 50% from the floor and 35.4% from three this season. Against St. John's, the Golden Eagles have kicked their butt, shooting 51.6% from the floor, 39.5% from deep, and they scored 96 points twice against St. John's. So, You really didn't have too many people picking St. John's over Marquette in this one. And when the first 20 minutes of this game got underway, St. John's was in an absolutely fantastic position. They played a strong first half. Their defense was on point and their offense was getting it done for the most part. They shot 42.4% from the floor in the first half. They shot 50% from three in the first half and they were taking advantage of Marquette's misses. Marquette 
was ice cold in that first half. 11 of 34, that's 32%, and they were 4 of 19 from deep. The one other caveat, Tyler Kolick, the Big East Player of the Year, was held to zero points in the first half. St. John's held a 10-point lead at the half and held Marquette to just 26 points. This is after giving up 96 points to Marquette, not once, but twice, giving up 50 points in a half to Marquette. This was a great defensive effort, and Marquette was missing. So you knew at halftime that the switch would flip. You knew that Shaka Smart's team would do something to go on a run out of the break. I was walking through the concourse at halftime. I saw St. John's legend, Anthony Glover. We were talking about the adjustments that Marquette was going to make and the adjustments that St. John's had to be prepared for. Sure enough, right out of the break, St. John's ice-cold Marquette piping hot. St. John's would start the second half going 0 of 13 from the field. Marquette went on a 9-0 run in just a few minutes, and they were within one point in the blink of an eye. St. John's would struggle to find their offensive footing in the second half in this one, and throughout the year against Big East opponents, we have seen how well-prepared other teams come out after the break, and St. John's struggles to respond in this one. It was no different throughout the half, and especially to start. St. John's looked lost. They looked without energy and the other team on the other side was slapping the floor as Shaka Smart was getting his guys ready and the defense woke up. Marquette took the lead quickly within four minutes, but St. John's would make a little bit of an answer. They went on a 9-0 run of themselves. They took a 47-40 lead, but again, it's St. John's not being able to keep these leads. They are not able to get easy baskets. They did not get the ball inside to Joel Soriano. Other guys did not step up when it was time to make shots, and the game got really close, and it was back and forth going down to the final seconds. Dylan Adaiwusu played really well down the stretch, and when it was 61-59 with a few seconds, left he would go coast to coast and tie the game on a layup Tyler Kolick would miss a three-pointer and we would go into overtime but the key moment in the second half that could have changed everything was after AJ Storr made three free throws to make it 60 to 59 with 23 seconds left Marquette inbounds the ball and Oso Igadaro gets the ball across half court Pache Alec Posh Alexander jumps up and steals it with 21 seconds left, and the whole world is screaming, myself included, for Mike Anderson to call a timeout. Mike Anderson does not call a timeout, and David Jones bulldozes into the paint and turns the ball over with 15 seconds left. Then he commits the foul. Omax Prosper hits one free throw and misses the second. It's 61-59, and that's when Dylan Adaiwusu did go coast to coast. But man, you look back and you say, why didn't Mike Anderson stop to try and draw up a better play there? Why didn't Mike Anderson call a timeout there? After the game, Mike Anderson claimed that he was trying to call a timeout and the refs didn't see it. I don't really think so. I didn't really see him try and do that from my vantage point. But a Tyler Kolick three misses, and we're going into overtime tied at 61. The horrible offense for St. John's would continue as they went 0 of 7 from the field in the overtime period. Nine of their points all came from the free throw line. St. John's, get this, in the second half in overtime, shot 7 of 36 from the field and had 11 turnovers. They turned the ball over 22 times in this game, and they only made 21 shots total. Ask anybody out there, you're not going to win many ball games when you turn the ball over more than the times that you put the ball in the basket.
After two Tyler Kolick free throws gave Marquette a two-point lead at 72-70, A.J. Storr would miss a three-pointer with seven seconds left. The St. John's offensive rebound would then swing the ball around to Posh Alexander, who would get the shot off right in front of his bench. A good look from three that would hit off the front rim. No good. Marquette would advance 72-70. to St. John's falls short. 18 and 15 is what their record will finish at 7 and 13 in the conference st john's again does not see friday st john's again blows a double digit lead on a thursday in the big east tournament st john's again had the number one seed on the ropes and could not get it done and it's the same old song and dance for the red storm faithful walking out of madison square garden with a loss David Jones led the way with 16 points and 11 rebounds. Dylan Adaiwusu had 16 points, 5 rebounds, and an assist to steals. Joel Soriano, another double-double, 12 points, 12 rebounds. But frankly, he should have got the ball more. He added 4 blocks. He played 40 minutes. Posh Alexander, 5 points, no rebounds, 1 assist, 1 block, 1 steal. AJ Storr had an off night, 1 of 11 shooting, 1 of 5 from 3, only 6 points and 4 rebounds. I thought Kobe King had a great game. He went on an 8-0 run by himself and he scored a career high, 8 points, 2 of 3 from deep. He had a nice jumper. St. John's just simply not good enough today in the offensive category. 30% from the field, 33% from 3. You got to be better than that when you're playing a team that is well coached as Marquette. They put it together in the second half. St. John simply did not. And now if there is not an NIT invite for St. John's, it looks like the season is over and all eyes will be on St. John's and their head coach, Mike Anderson. Will he be the third head coach fired in the last 12 years? Will St. John's be looking for a new man to lead their basketball program? All signs point to yes, and it seems like it could happen sooner rather than later. Unfortunately, Mike Anderson has not been successful here at St. John's. He has not gotten them to the postseason. He has not won enough games in the big games that matter. Those quad one games, he has not been good enough. 3-22. and 22. In games against ranked opponents, he is 2-14. and 14. In games that matter, St. John's has not been able to win under Mike Anderson. It is that simple. The numbers are the numbers. The transfer portal is alive and well. It seems like just yesterday we were talking about David Jones and Andre Corbello committing to St. John's through the transfer portal. And now it seems like St. John's will have quite the different roster next year. Let's see who stays. Let's see who goes. But this comes with the territory when you have a potential coaching change. But again, all signs point to St. John's going in a new direction at head coach in just a few days. What hurts most for St. John's fans was all the potential wasted with this roster. All the hope that we had in August, September, and October. The roster construction of this team that we thought would have so many options, would have so many different facets and wrinkles. The potential of Andre Curbelo and his excitement playmaking. We thought Posh Alexander's offense would take the next step. David Jones potentially filling in for Julian Champagny. Joel Soriano taking that next step as he clearly did, but so much went wrong. Rafael Pinzon getting suspended late in the year and not living up to his potential this year. Andre Curbelo and his antics. Unfortunately, the concussion stuff here late in the year kept him out of the Big East tournament. Montez Mathis with his injury. 
and so on and so on we can point to as St. John's again fails to reach the postseason as St. John's again fails to give the fans the wins that they so desperately wanted and St. John's again with a poor season a frustrating season and one that fans will now have to suffer and agonize through an offseason full of changes turmoil and questions that again will mainly be centered around the head coach and what will come next but it seems as though say john's poor season year four under mike anderson will be his last and there will be a new change and a new direction in queens in the very next few days we'll see what happens i'll be here for all of it we will be here throughout the offseason to break down the roster, to break down all the news, and we'll see what happens over the next few days. St. John's loses to Marquette 72-70. Marquette's season will continue as they will try and win the Big East Tournament. They will certainly be going to the NCAA Tournament. St. John's, their season likely over as they look to right the ship and find a new direction and a new captain of said ship in queens thank you again for listening like i said i'll be with you through all the off season hope to figure this all out with you let's see what happens next thank you for listening you've been listening to the eye on the storm podcast go johnny's